Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. My name is Balisa Sohomozumudzumi, the host with the mostest. I'm so happy to introduce you to my first guest. Her name is Nosana Sondiazi. I've known her for a couple of years and she's one of my best, best friends. She drives me crazy. She inspires me. I love her to bits and I hope you will receive her with the same kind of warmth and love that I have for her. Uh, she's an LGBTI activist. She's a writer, poet, actor. She's done so many things in her own life. And yeah, this is where we are in our friendship. We talk about everything related to the book that I'm going to be reviewing called The Yearning by Mohale Mashejo. And I am very excited to delve into this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. How long does it take for scars to heal? How long does it take for a scarred memory to fester and rise to the surface? For Marubini, the question is whether scars ever heal when you forget they are there to begin with. Marubini is a young woman who has an enviable life in Cape Town, working at a wine farm and spending idyllic days with her friends until her past starts spilling into her present. Something dark has been lurking in the shadows of Marubini's life from as far back as she can remember. It's only a matter of time before it reaches out and grabs at her. The yearning is a memorable exploration of the ripple effects of the past of personal strength and courage and of the shadowy intersections of traditional and modern worlds. Mohale Mashikho is a multidisciplinary storyteller, singer and songwriter who loves exploring the unknown. The Yearning is Mashikho's debut novel which was released to widespread acclaim in 2016. I... <laughs> Like Mohalu Mashiko used to read a lot of Sweet Valley High in high school. And of course, in my other podcast, which you can listen to from my previous um, episode, I speak about how some books in the library caught my attention up until I really fell in love with African literature. And I read um, some books by African authors in the library as many as I could actually get my hands on but this is a book that I've I've really enjoyed reading predominantly because it reminded me of my journey when I started to to live in Cape Town and some of the things that really came up for me while I was living in Cape Town um, I've also been very drawn to this book because of the title you know the yearning is a very deep um has a very deep sentiment and i think when i read the book <clears throat> excuse me i didn't actually think it had anything to do with uh our spiritual you know connection um or when i when i speak about our i i mean in plural to you know people and um in general, we are all one, in my view, right? And The Yearning was a very interesting read, I must tell you that. Um, the one word that I find comes up every single time I page through this book is how concise and succinct it is, you know? It's so concise. Um, I love the fact that the writer 
pinpoint certain aspects of the 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 of the main protagonist Marubini um and how she feels the the character into or weaves the character into into the story i enjoyed the the change of uh the change that happens the shift that happens in between the story where it would be marubini talking to herself and it would then go to marubini being remembering certain aspects of her childhood i i loved how it's written it's probably one of the most refreshing um books that i've seen being written in such a manner um where you know it it's 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 not linear at all it's very fluid and that's that's how i felt when i read the book it's not it's not straightforward at all and i think that's 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 the main point that you know our spiritual when we exploring our spiritual selves it's not linear at all it's actually very 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 fluid um and one thing can lead to the other but you have to really know what that other means right um I also felt that the book gave me a a link to to how we often define ourselves according to how we're supposed to be or how the world views us and this 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 story almost gave me some sort of a um a way out right <laughs> and I speak about this with such gratitude because it really did give me a way out um with some of my own personal um my own personal relationships so to speak and because it's it's got different it's got different themes that I could relate to and the book starts off with such an a relatable story um you know because you often want to to ask almost want to 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 ask marubini like girl what are you thinking can't you see the writing is on the wall you know um that you're having some sort of spiritual awakening journey slash um you know it it's almost as if i want to shake marubini out of her own reality and and tell her listen girl this is what's happening to you you know um and it's all good and well to want to shake her out of her own reality but there's another reality that exists beyond what she can see and beyond what um her immediate environment is able to fathom and you know one of the things that i feel is so profound about the book is that you almost understand how it could get all confusing for her you know um and it's because it's, i said it's not linear it it almost feels like there's one incident that throws her off and then there's another incident that really makes up for all the other incidents that have thrown her off and 
you know the the battle between what what to believe and our our what we're taught to believe um about ourselves and you know i don't i don't think it's a very easy book to read if you are going through a similar passage um like marubini um you know this they speak of uktwasa and to go on a spiritual journey and you know it, it it's really one of the books that you have to read with with a lot of um softness and empathy and be in a space where you can receive and i received a lot from from this book i received so much clarity around my own personal relationships and i could relate a lot with marubini's uh, relationship with her grandmother and her grandfather particularly her grandfather who who kind of became a a a a, a central part of her upbringing um and it's it's wonderful to witness and to be a reader in this way um and 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 also understand that you know we all have our own uh realizations in 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 life we all have some sort of yearning that we want to that we want to we want to explore and know um more about and i speak I speak about books as if they are <laughs> they are part of of this, you know, human experience because I feel like that's what happens when we write as writers. We we have these characters that that live with us and 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 I I really honor and respect Miss Muhale Mashikho for writing this book. Um I also have an interview with a very respected LGBTQ plus activist Nosana Sondiazi and it's going to be in the next segment so please 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 stick around I'm really excited the conversation is going to be amazing and I hope you enjoy it as you know I am Balasas Khomutsumutumi I'm the host of the next chapter podcast and you can catch me on my Twitter handle at Jaji um and you can also follow me on Instagram and yeah that's about it i am going to see you in the next podcast this is a very um different platform that you have experienced i'd like to ask you to introduce yourself who are you where are you uh what do you do hi balisa thank you um it's exciting to be part of the podcast i am grateful for the invitation my name is nosana sondiazi i'm in bloemfontein and uh what do i do well i would like to consider myself a human rights activist um i am also a media digital content creator and um 
my favorite thing that I love to do for work and for fun is uh, videography. Yeah, that's a bit about me. Is that it? <laughs> well, you know, the, I think I've, I've, I've done an overall summary. I don't think that's enough for everybody to know who you really are. Um, but if you just want to leave it there, this is a space where we respect each other and don't we don't try and you know push the boundaries of knowing who you really are because I know a little bit more than most people who will listen to this. Um, so I'm also in Bloemfontein. As you know, I started this podcast in 2020 during lockdown and I wanted to speak about different aspects of, with different aspects of failure, the subject of failure with different people. So I started scouring around, talking to my friends, talking to some people in the creative industries. And this series, um, we are reviewing books in light of the, the time we're in and the space we're in as a world. And the first guest that I wanted to speak to, the first guest that I wanted to speak to was you, uh, based on the book, The Yearning. And so The Yearning is a book that is a, that speaks to spiritual growth, uh, personal story, um, personal stories around our parents, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, the relationships that we have with our brothers and our younger brothers, both you and I share that as well. Um, but the going back to the book itself, it reminded me a lot about your story um, and who you are as a, a creative. One of the characters, Marubini, is a is someone that actually uh, works in marketing and does all sorts of things. But she has this deep sense of yearning to find something, to find answers about her background. Um, so in light of this, I thought to invite you because you've always been somebody that has uh, been wise beyond their years and also been very influential in many people's lives when it comes to uh, telling their stories, right? So you're behind the camera, you're a videographer, you tell all these different stories. What has been the most prolific moment um, in your career when you tell other people's stories? Well, you know, it's all about being lucky enough to be at a place at a time when the person that has something important to share is willing just to be recorded at that moment. It's not about... Um, going to a special event on that date or securing a particular interview with somebody who's hard to interview. I would say, um, because we're in Bloemfontein, the most, uh, the most recent interview that I did was with an artist who had his own art gallery here in Bloemfontein. And he, um, he was a new kind of um, thing to notice because Artists in Bloemfontein are all scrounging to just have space to exhibit. They're all scrounging to have their work bought. They're scrounging to enter competitions. They're scrounging to buy paint, you know. And here was a guy who had his own art gallery in an upmarket um, space in the north. So 
over and above that, his artwork was not plastic, you know, his artwork was difficult to understand. So him being available to speak about his work and what he's done, as well as um, share some light around how difficult it is for other artists to do the same thing, because artists need to paint what people are buying, and he wasn't doing that. Um, and then also I did a I Am Who I Am series with a TV station here that has now since closed down. And it was so difficult to get the, um, the content back from them. They didn't give me all the content back. But for me, that was important to kind of, in the free state, speak to queer individuals who are living here and talking about themselves because the most important thing that I feel like I'm doing right now is trying to focus media on LGBTI stories. Somebody else would say, oh, but gosh, we are seeing far too much uh, queer content anyway on television. They are TV shows, they are in, they are, um, there are characters in series and um, these telenovelas. But I feel that that may be so, but we are not seeing different types of queer people. I feel like we are seeing the same kind of queer person, an over-the-top queen, um, and there's a lot more characters and individuals that are kind of not being seen. And now, because of the few types of characters that you see in media, which are representing the LGBTI community, we are being typecast. People expect, well, oh, you're queer, you must be like this, you must be loud, you must be this. So um, I enjoy meeting a person who is not somebody that you would usually expect to see based on their profile or their lifestyle, somebody that surprises you. So um, I, do, I, I do that, I interview them. I usually interview them, put it on my YouTube channel and forget about it. And I realize that maybe I'm abandoning the storytelling a bit there. I'd love to learn how to make it grow from there. Awesome. So um, I think that this is partly why I try to, with this podcast, when I bring in guests, because it's also very nerve-wracking to invite guests in different formats and try and get the full story in 30 minutes. Um, for anyone who's going to listen to this, I try to keep it to 30 minutes because not a lot of us have got the bandwidth nor the time to listen to a 35, 45 minute podcast. Um, but with this podcast, I felt, with this series actually, excuse me, I felt that a lot of people needed to know what books bring to our lives and how they make us open up to different worlds, right? And with Mohale Mashiko's book, she talks about a lot of the the relationships that we hold in our in our life. And you're one person who has really started a revolution in Bloemfontein, where you've made queer bodies relate to one another differently. How important is that to you? Um, and what are the failures that you've seen in the system? that you'd like to also try and in maybe in some way uh, fix if you can't fix them what do you, what do you think could be a, what could what do you think could be done to make sure that queer bodies are seen and heard sure balesa this is a very important question it's a political question 
and I think where I'm going to fail firstly is because I'm not political. I'm not in the political arena. I think that queer people um, in the in Bloemfontein, in the free state that are visible and known and liked are very politically active. Therefore, they have that advantage. I am not politically active, right? That's the first part of failure when it comes to not being able to represent yourself fully because you have to be somehow playing in a political uh, framework, right? So because I am also affiliated to non-profit um, spaces where we're talking about HIV AIDS um, projects, um, we are so quick to go to queer individuals and say, hey, there's HIV AIDS, do you know your status? Um, here's a condom test, um, here's some prep. But we are not bridging the gap in terms of conversation between lifestyle behavior and, t- and making all these choices for your sexual health and HIV um, concerns, right? So um, because the, the, the gap in between is, especially in a rural space like perhaps Tabanchu and Mutabelo, where there is a large uh, population that is just unemployed the general population is unemployed. So of course, if you are a queer body and maybe you left school because you didn't like the school uniform or you've just generally felt rejected because of your sexual identity or gender identity, um, you've just, you just need a break, you know? So what, um, what I really care about is, um, allowing people to find their interests, you know? Um, they always say voice for the voiceless. I can't stand that. Everybody's got a voice. Nobody's voiceless. When you are out there having fun um, with your friends, you've got a voice, you know. But what saddens me is that people that really need a, a voice um, use it in the wrong time and in the wrong space. They use it to manipulate their friends. They use it to secure a romantic situation or a sexual favor. They use it for uh, manipulating people who care about them. They don't use it to sometimes make a radical change in their lives. Like, hey, let me update my CV. Hey, let me, um, you know, get get some apps on my phone that are good to get me connected. Hey, um, here's somebody who has a job and they seem to be queer like me. How did they get that job? Did they finish the matric? What did they study? There are so many platforms in that are free and accessible, but some people feel like they don't deserve them or they're intimidated by even trying, right? So um, it's very important that people honor invitations or if even an invitation to do something intimidates you, just be brave enough to go, see what is going to be learned there. You know, um, and if your peer pressure group within your circle is always saying, ah, that's not us, Tina, we only do this, then maybe you must identify and recognize you are with self destructive um, friends. You know, where are they going in life? You are 18 now, you are 21 now, and life may be fun because you're pretty and people like you and want to spend time with you and buy you things but how long is that going to last how are you making sure that you're in charge of your own life right so um that is the one end of the spectrum where there are people who do not have access to opportunities do not have access to maybe improve their lives and then there's the other end of the queer community who 
are perhaps a bit more well off, a bit more privileged, and there isn't that bridge in the in of of like, hey, let me reach out to you. I'm at university. I'm studying. Besides the odds of coming from where I come from, I'm studying law. I'm studying medicine. I'm studying engineering, and I'm queer, and I'm experiencing perhaps um, stigma and discrimination from my fellow students because they'll be like oh wow i never saw a queer game i never saw a queer gay person you know as a lawyer you know so you're already mm-hmm. being limited by people who are undermining your potential right so these people are going to go through such hardships finishing their degrees eventually entering a space of being professionals and then there their queerness are they going to have to choose again are they going to hide it or are they going to be bold and proud about it you know so for me i like to identify individuals within this entire spectrum from whether you are still trying to rise up from the dustiness of your streets and your home where you're not accepted to the studying at university and maybe in the office space and you are still trying to negotiate which bathroom to use how to dress how to gender express you know trust your colleagues or even a new space where you are with your gender identity without being shamed by your you know by who you are right and when individuals come up and are brave enough to say hey i'd like to, i'd like to talk about my story those individuals i really um i appreciate their time i appreciate them being brave enough because when it's heard you know um you you never know who needed to hear that and who may attempt their own path because nobody ever follows the same direction in the same way as somebody else but if we are all patient enough to kind of just hear out somebody who comes from being um perhaps uh you know exactly what i'm talking about i i I come from a humble beginning or i come from a place where i had to hide who i am but i've made it and even if you haven't made it you know we can be in between your entire journey let's hear what what you're going through um that's important for me to kind of get those stories yeah that's wonderful okay so i i know that you've admitted that you're not much of a reader but you read a lot of poetry and you love uh, your first love or your first talent is being a poet um, yeah. because you've got new talents um so we so this book is about our spiritual gifts basically oh. and what we're handed down as 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 people right and in this book they talk about the sun people that we are people who worship and are you know partly one with the universe right and it's mm-hmm. a quite interesting book because in reality we talk about ourselves in reality to the physical um existence that we have or the physical environment that we're exposed to then there's the spiritual um element to it mm. um i often think about books re- how i relate to books books have always fed my spirit and are part of my spiritual practice you know i i go to books to find answers and and i go to certain texts to find certain 
inspiration or creativity or an idea or whatever and you turn to poetry as a way to express yourself what other expressions do you delve into as a storyteller yeah i i i love just trying to find something to watch actually i'm so tired and um i love <laughs> i love watching I mean right now there's uh Andy Warhol diaries uh special that's on and you know I've known about Andy Warhol you know being in art spaces and basket and all these people but for some reason I'm searching through this um docu series you know to find moments of like vulnerability I'm trying to mm. find moments of honesty I'm trying to find moments of rejection. I'm trying to find moments of bravery, you know. And when I watch anything on TV, especially sci-fi and fantasy, um Ooh. I like to imagine that there's magic that exists in everyday moments. That moment like for you if you saying to me that you 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 find quotes or you find passages in books that are going to give you inspiration or ideas right when you look at a person's face in a film and that person has a realization or you analyze the situation that they are at a turning point perhaps ne mm-hmm. or or a person against all odds you know is going to persevere and or mm-hmm. they're going they're going to be tricked do you know what i mean mm. um mm. somebody is going to outsmart another like when i watch billions the series which i love also i love mm. high stakes high stakes um when it comes to being able to be the the wise one in difficult situation and be smart enough not to show your hand too quickly you know because in, in these days you really I watch people on social media, you know. I watch them advertise they they over advertise their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And we also know the dangers of that right from the social dilemma. So how do you just enough, right? Through consuming and advertising your ideas and consuming and advertising your projects and consuming other people's things and kind of trying to be ahead or with the current or also profiting from things that are currently working for others right and yeah. then that's the visible stuff that's the marketing stuff they still the strategy meetings behind the scenes that get you mm-hmm. the deal right they still the yeah. strategy meetings with pos- potential partners or potential people who are going to be either your clients or your employers or your p- project partners and you have to be so swift and smart and likable and you know not intimidating just smart enough you know there's always this line to walk right so i'm sure you are also you know you get that one line in a book but me i can like consume a lot of series and films in one day right um like today i was watching a, a a a film in the morning called the adam project it's a sci-fi about time travel i love time travel the time mm. travel is a big thing for me because i feel like it could solve so many things but it's not possible so i love the metaphor of the possibility of time travel 
to mm. kind of like see okay what are the real moments in this time travel because the time travel itself is not possible for me and i always say to people as somebody that um edits their own videos and documentaries of moments that i i shoot of like events right i mm. i feel like my um my work becomes time travel because um mm. Today we were at this event we were there for 2 hours I was there shooting that for 2 hours I'll go home and I'll edit it down into 5 minutes né those 5 yeah. minutes easily be what you remember and you can time travel them you can travel time travel back into that space yeah. um to kind of remember that and it's happened quite a lot where people forget what else actually happened that day the only mm. memory source is the bit that i kind of created as the source i mean you'll be there for the whole thing but you only suddenly remember the part that was the part that mattered yeah um well i'm not sure if it mattered but it's the part that i chose so i kind of feel mm-hmm. like the architect of that memory you know and if you're the architect of that memory and, and you hold it and you kind of package it and you allow people to access it you can rewind time and go back to that day so obviously that just tells you my love for for time travel and that kind of thing and you that's where also if you um select something that can really um you know i'm not sure because it's still too early days for me you know i need to die and some of the people that um i've i've filmed need to die and then only it will be seen how important it was that moment that i chose so i'm still creating those moments that people are going to time travel back to and so the question is uh, what is that which you are trying to achieve with with your content i mean somebody sitting somewhere in in germany who listens to this podcast what is it that you're trying to achieve with your content in 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 retrospect to what we've just discussed just to round up our our conversation well because um mainstream media are usually broadcasting stations are usually TV channels are usually um big media you know um what i love about the power of the individual content creator is that we have been able to put our work somehow on the same play play space as a lot of mm-hmm. other as there right mm-hmm. so um and also because i have access to people that maybe a broadcasting a broadcasting channel wouldn't reach or a a mainstream media channel wouldn't reach it really is my responsibility to find the people that i can reach you know mm. and to to record them and put them in the public archives you know yeah and and it's my responsibility to contribute as much as i can to the public archives because we don't know who later um whether that will be evidence of their lives or evidence of what they said mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. evidence of what they did you know of how they lived and i'm hoping it's going to do more than what i can even think of today um right now with the the queer work um i think we are just making people visible right but if mm. a historian or a filmmaker decides to make a documentary and exactly. 
Exactly. You know, I met um, a, a writer journalist in Johannesburg um, over the past weekend, last weekend, and he um, is doing very important work. You know, there are letters and people that are still alive from activists' lives, you know, like Simon Corley, who was a, a gay man in the time of apartheid. Mm-hmm. He made such a contribution to the ANC manifesto in recognizing sexual um, orientation as an equal right, gender identity mm-hmm. as an equal right. And he has been forgotten in the main story, right? So the fact that the letters exist and somebody is taking the time to go through them and to compile a complete story that may hopefully be um, put in schools to be read as is history of this country you know and 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 um and and that and those facts to kind of re-empower other lgbti who kind of go like but who was our freedom fighter back in the day you know mm-hmm. we don't know what new freedoms are going to need to be fought for in the future and we don't know who is currently playing at that right now and i feel like i'm possibly playing a part in documenting that i mean digital freedoms are a big thing right now mm-hmm. um, there's lots of freedoms that we are sometimes maybe shy to say when it comes to spiritual freedoms um mm-hmm. what i know when you talk about your spiritual um feeding is that our african spirituality was made was was made into a witchcraft act which we mm. couldn't we couldn't practically right so mm. now we imagine that there's been generations of us as people of this con- of, of this country who have been afraid to access maybe our african spirituality right so mm. imagine if people start creating that content and start like documenting people who have been practicing below the radar and what it means you know there's that that can really give rise to evidence of you know how african spirituality is an everyday practice you know and with my brand being physical divine as well that is a big interest for me so you're an african spiritualist who's perhaps is queer and what is your life like and what is your practice you see so i would i would love those kind of synergies to kind of be to be packaged and realized and to be viewed and for people to go like i was so shy to say that because i couldn't be proud of my blackness of my practice you know but now i see people do and of course all gogos now have got a youtube channel and a an Instagram page and that is an excellent revolution. I'm so proud of all of them that are doing that because now oh. they're making themselves available in public archives and it's undeniable that um African spiritual practice is is here. So I'm really not alone in in that, yeah. You're not alone and just so that you know, you've hit the nail on the head actually by talking about African spirituality because this book actually really encapsulated all the 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 the, the all the sentiments that you've shared with us today. It encapsulates the intergenerational speak 
when we talk about our gogos, we can talk about gogo as gogo, the spiritual healer, or gogo, the grandmother, right? Mm. And there's a certain t- tone that we use when we talk about ugogo, no gogo, you know? And that's when you read this book and when, when one actually re- gets to read this book and relates to what you're saying, uh, we are all gogos in our mm. own flow in our own right and i think gogos can also time travel to another space spiritually or mm-hmm. even physically kind of saying that we can also re- we can also elevate ourselves to a gogo who knows about you know telling stories through a different kind of medium you know yeah. or a, a master or even somebody that is um a pioneer right mm-hmm. because i think we always think about um african spirituality in this very metaphysical way but not really think about it in this community building kind of aspect mm-hmm. all of us can be in unison and share a space and share each other's stories so yeah. i think for me, the yearning has always been how do I make sure that I contribute positively, even if as a queer body and recently figuring out what that means or how do I tell my story through this channel or through this podcast, I needed to find a way of telling my deepest fears, right, with other people, right, and talk about I'm really worried that we don't recognize certain things or I'm really worried that we're not touching on certain topics and today you've actually um made me realize that it's beyond just posting on a youtube channel it's actually a higher calling than we actually realize yes you know absolutely thank you and thank you personally for also sharing your vulnerabilities and fears with me and we do that together because you know we always get to the next place that we need to be to face and uh to be in closer contact with things that we need if you don't fear something you're not going to get into closer contact with something that you need so i i'm always enjoy being in close contact with something that i need whether it's an experience whether it's a journey whether it's a person that is gonna teach me something that's why I was speaking about the community here that some people are even too afraid to get into close contact with things they're curious about because mm. obviously curiosity comes from a place that you need this you need the knowledge know. that you exactly. need it right mm. so creating safe spaces where we can share our curiosity and now I'm not just talking sexual curiosity like, no. you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm really yeah. talking about inside you you know yes. um, what where are you going to elevate to what are you going to do with yourself in this life exactly. you know mm. what what information are you going to surround yourself with and who mm. and who are those people going to be you know exactly. and um so thank you very much and i'm i'm going to try and continue and obviously i'm going to have to read this book and see the connections that you've made um i i'm really grateful you don't do that I, you don't have to read it i think there's like lo- there are lots I'm of youtube channels needs to be read by me believe me because i have to um, you have to yeah i have to i mean i'm sure there are a lot more books also that even if it's not the entire book that i need you know mm. there's a message in there that i need you know and mm. there's 
there's something we all want to recognize ourselves and we all want to recognize exactly. each other exactly. right and mm. um there's a way there's ways in, the, in which those recognitions have been packaged and books are a good example of that and films I, I like how you talk about packaged because we always in the creative industries try to make um our our talents packaged in a certain way oh he or she's oh we have we to have package to, this is the pro- profile the cv the bio you package yourself what it did do i look interesting to you and you invent terms if you're creative oh i'm yeah a, i'm a futurist <laughs> what is a futurist i'm like oh that sounds interesting i need a futurist i'm a futurist you know yeah and i love that you do that yeah it's very invent more things yeah we we always inventing ourselves and i think we when we talk when we talk about it even further like when when you talk about you when you started introducing yourself as a videographer and then i was like is that it you know because the other time we had a conversation you said like people bestow a certain label to you uh whether you are curator or philanthropist or whatever and i've always said i'm comfortable with the label writer more comfortable with the label writer than any other label that people have said i am and yeah. you said you're more comfortable with just you know a videographer cuz that's exactly what you do every day and i i i can relate to that because i may not write every day but when i write i feel the most comfortable with myself um more than any other stuff in in the entire in my entire career so yeah it's it's quite it's quite it's quite interesting yeah i'm i'm learning to accept what is bestowed on me because it's always exciting to be challenged mm. with a new gift that is your community grants you i was mm. in a I was in a community of journalists recently and um they they you know put me as amongst them so and it's always been my first love you know writing yeah. you know yeah. so i mean i'm excited to see what other what what else is possible you know you know when you find people that are barely literate and you're trying to get their attention with the yeah. shortcuts of social media you sometimes think that certain um things like writing you know are not going to penetrate the masses but yeah. those are the things that are actually going to describe things that are needed so you you have to start where it's needed you know um, yeah. i don't but i'm going to try thank you so you much. have to try you have to try because i mean you know there's so much content on all 10 of your youtube channels some of them i didn't even know you i thought you had like one or two but please do let everybody know how we can get a hold of you i always share the oh, social please. media handles or i can even share like um your details of the youtube channels so please tell everyone where they can get a hold of you how they can get a hold of you and your email you know All right. Um please contact me at physical divine. Um physical divine at gmail.com. And if you can spell correctly, you will get that right. <laughs> okay. And physical um, divine at gmail.com. Um 
And if you'd like to watch any of my content, I have Sondiazi Nosana, Nosana Sondiazi, Kanyisa Nosana, um, Art House Chronicles, Tulwana Advocacy, uh, Free State Woman, um, Bloom First Fridays, um, P.O. Press. I'm not looking at the list right now. Yes, those are some YouTube channels that um, have got some content that I create and upload on there. Um, but Physical Divine it gets to me immediately and then we'll see what the conversation will be after you reach me. Thank you. Awesome. I'm really excited. Um, my yearning and just to sign off has always been to have you speak to me on my platform because you've always spoke to me on your platforms and your YouTube <laughs> channels and your stuff. So it's it's a warm welcome to welcome you to the next chapter podcast. I hope that the, yeah. your next chapter will definitely yes. be a wonderful one. So yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. For there is a next chapter coming, so this is apt and it's much appreciated. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, Bye. love. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Wow, I'm really, really happy you got to listen to the rest of the podcast. My name is Balata Sokhomutsumutsumi. I'm the host with the mostest. And it is my pleasure to speak to Nosana Sondiazi and to review the book, The Yearning, by Mohale Mashiko. Not Mohale, Mohale Mashiko. And it was a pleasure talking to my friend, my confidant, my compadre, Nosana Sondiazi. You can catch her on Twitter at Physical Divine. And you can also catch her on YouTube. Um, she shared those details on the podcast episode that I had with her. And you can also follow her on Facebook. Uh, she is Kanisa. Kanisa on Facebook and you can also check her out on email physicaldivine at gmail.com as she said she's a videographer she does all sorts of things but the main main hustle that she has is videography telling people stories narrating how people live how they are how they live in this world that's super super complicated but also very interesting and that's it for me next week i will be talking to a phenomenal phenomenal individual and i hope you can join me um, <laughs> I'm not going to say much, but she is a phenomenal artist and we'll be talking all things plants and I can't wait for you to listen to her. She's got an upcoming exhibition and guess who's going to be opening that exhibition? That's right. It's me, Balisa, Mwanaha, Mudumi. I will be on the podium opening an exhibition by Cheryl Traub Adler. Please, please join and listen in as well. For now, please have a wonderful next chapter.